guys. Welcome back to 60 Minutes Spill. Today I have my bestie Sarah on. We're going to be doing our September book review slash movie recap of Luckiest Girl Alive. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning, everyone. I wish we were more excited about this one. <laughs> I was telling Sarah that it's like a certain level of pressure when I select these books because if they suck, you know, people are very vocal about it. And that's what I want. Like, I want us to have these open discussions. I didn't write the book, so I don't, <laughs> I don't really care if anyone hates it, but like this time around, I guess, usually since I pick it, I'm kind of sensitive about it. I'm like, well, I thought it was a good book, but like this time around, I was like, Sarah, this, like the book was good, but the movie under delivered so badly, in my opinion, um, I think it's one thing when you have expectations of like character choices and stuff like that. Um, but then it's a whole nother thing when like you're watching the book and it like when you're watching the movie and it doesn't really, I get changing things, but like if it doesn't match the book or if like characters are just not anywhere near who you were expecting, Mr. Larson. <laughs> oh my God. That was the worst. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So let's get into it. Let's start with the book itself. The book I thought was good. I had high expectations going into the movie. Did you? Um, I did. I did, especially since, you know, there was a lot of context, like a lot of descriptive writing of who she was, like her background. And man, was I super disappointed when the movie came on. Like It was so rushed. I know. Yes. Okay. So that's one thing. And then I made the mistake of like inviting my mom and my niece to watch the movie with me because obviously they didn't read the book. And sometimes like I'm trying to think, okay, for example, right now I'm watching tell me lies. Okay. And a lot of people are kind of fuming over the same thing that like the book, I guess it's based off like a series of books or one book. I'm not sure. And that it doesn't match up like that. The show is so different, but I didn't read the book. I just, you know, started watching it, but I don't find myself lost. Like everything makes sense. My mom and my niece were so lost with luckiest girl alive. They were like, wait, who's that? Wait, what? Like, we don't understand what's going on. And I was like embarrassed. I was like, oh, you should have read the book. It would make sense. But even for me, someone who read the book, I was still like, wait, what? It was like, you said it, Sarah, like it was a lot of back and forth, right? Yeah. Like, I, I don't even think they did any like introductions. Like they did like brief, like during the the movie of like talking like you know characters were talking back and forth that they like spit out a name I'm like oh wait that's Dean or that's who and so and so yeah. so it was it was so bad okay. I was so disappointed yeah I was disappointed too we'll get more into the movie shortly um going back to the book um for those of you who are listening and maybe didn't read it the book is about a girl a young teenage girl now telling the book as an adult woman um after she's graduated high school, she's now um, living in New York City, chasing her dreams of being an editor. Um, that's another few changes that they made. Like her ultimate goal is to be like an editor for the Times. And um, I think she's working for like, was it Women's Health? I don't know. She's working for some like women's magazine. Anyway, she's telling, kind of going back and forth be between current and like present and past. And in the past, that's another thing. I knew there was some huge like scandal that went on and trigger warning. There is like a mass shooting and a rape that happens in this book. I didn't know that at all. Like I wasn't sure 
I had a feeling she killed someone. I just didn't know how or, you know, because like the preview of the movie came out before I read the book. And so I saw the guy in the wheelchair and I was like, something really bad happened. Like I wasn't sure what it was. And so I will say like the, the timing, like the timeline of when it finally got good. Um, I was a little impatient there for a minute, but when it did get good, it stayed pretty consistent. Cause from there it was like the rape and, and yeah, I agree with you. Like the writing was very descriptive and very good. Like sometimes, you know, you have a hard time visualizing what was happening, not like happening while they're telling the story. And it was very obvious she had gotten raped, you know, like I, I could tell. And so eventually like she comes on and talks about it. And so anyway, she transfers schools because she gets caught smoking weed with her friends. And then she goes to like some other private school. And from there, she wants to be friends with like, I guess, a couple popular girls, the hoes. <laughs> Did you like that nickname? <laughs> I mean, it was fitting for them. They were bitches. So yeah. So they're Hillary and Olivia and they call themselves the hoes. And, um, yeah, they were bitches definitely. And I was still confused as to like when that guy, so there's a group of guys that hang around like with these girls, uh, Dean, Liam was the new kid, right? Yes. Yeah. So there's a new kid, Liam, who I think she kind of like hit it off with, thought was cute and was hoping since they were both new that they could like hook up or he could be her boyfriend, but like he never, you know, I don't know. I don't think he ever showed interest in like getting serious with her. And then there was some other, uh, Peyton was the other group of like the douchebags. And then she befriended that kid, Arthur, um, which was another disappointment book to movie talk, because I was telling Sarah how like she described him as this like heavy set 300 pound boy with like frizzy curly hair. And like the hair was fine, but like, he was like this skinny little granted. He did the actor, the role. Yeah, like he he really fit into the role of like Arthur and like the disturbed kid who's like been through some shit and he's fed the fuck up. So like he did well. He's just not what I was expecting, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you want to stereotype um, a shoot like a mass shooter for you know he fit the he fit the bill. Whereas Arthur in the book didn't like. I was like, what is this? you know, 300 pound dude going to come and shoot up a school. But no. um, I think for that part in the movie, I think he did fit the bill for, you know, that role. Yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, overall, I will say like, there was nothing about the book that had me particularly like invested. It was interesting and entertaining. And I told Sarah before, like, I very much prefer actually reading like the book um, but one, it was a busy month for me, clearly we're like halfway through October releasing this, but it was a busy month for me in September. And I just could not sit there and read it. I don't know what it was. So I mostly audiobook this one and like no regrets because I just feel like, even though like, I know Sarah, you said that you tried doing the audio, but like you couldn't stand the voice. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like it's because we already knew it was going to be Mila Kunis and like the voice didn't right. really like, match. So I, I get that. But, um, what were a few of like the highs and lows in the book for you? Like, what did you, can you recall a certain part that you were like happy about? Like, like I said, I didn't feel very emotionally attached to any characters. I wasn't that invested. Like, I just kind of wanted to get to the bottom of like, what was going to happen? Yeah, no, the same. Cause I, I feel like in the beginning of the book, like they described like who she was and like her, you know, her relationship with her fiance was, which is kind of a little bit irrelevant for the whole story, to be honest with you. Like he's this like rich, like, you know, 
pop, you know, well-known man in New York and his family is very rich and well, you know, she, he comes from money, obviously. And so I just yeah. feel like some of that piece of the relationship was just irrelevant to the story. Granted, it did kind of paint the picture of why she was not very happy in her relationship. Um, but I didn't really care to, care to hear about that piece because it just didn't really matter because the ending was kind of like abrupt when she, you know, how she ended up. And so I would say like the highs obviously was just the school shooting of how that all happened. The rape scene was a little like, it, it was tr definitely triggering. I, I don't, I just in movies in general, it's really hard for me to watch rape scenes. So just, um, I also did the audio book for this, um, for this book this month. And so um, that was also a little bit triggering just to kind of like hear them read that piece of it all. And it was really rough. Um, whereas in the movie, it was just kind of, it didn't really even show what happened. Like it, it was very like 10 seconds of what probably happened. And so I was really confused with the movie on that piece, but um, I would say the highs would be like, I guess the peaks of the book where, you know, the rape scene, unfortunately, and then the school shooting was, I guess, a high because that's where the book actually got good. Other than that, like the backstory of her mom, you know, her relationship with her mom and how she was and all that stuff was just kind of boring. Yeah, boring. I found myself really <laughs> bored. Um, and I listened to a couple other podcasts, um, one other actual book club podcast, and they just could not stop raving. I didn't listen to the episode covering the book because I didn't want any spoilers, but I know they gave it like a 10 out of 10. And I'm like, where? What? Yeah, I was like, so... I was so excited to read it. Now I'm interested to go back and listen to like, were we reading the same book? Are there two books called Luckiest Girl Life? Like what happened? So I think this was also like a viral, you know, TikTok book, like book talk type of like everyone read it, whatever. But I feel like, um, yeah, I wasn't impressed. You know, I will say as much as I do agree with you that Luke, her fiance, didn't have a significant like role I guess like it didn't really wasn't really relevant to the main storyline I was pleasantly surprised with his actor like I during the throughout the book I was kind of like oh this guy sounds annoying like he doesn't even care to like help her unpack her trauma like he's totally dismissing everything she's been through you know which is right. a lot you know <clears throat> like having the type of parents that she had a very absent father you know, a very, um, how would, I don't know how I would describe her mother. She, I don't, wouldn't characterize her as abusive per se. I just feel like she just was never satisfied and like just a very old school mom that was like, just married for money, do what we say. And like, don't cry about anything you've been through. People have it worse, you know, stuff like that. Like, so it's not really, you know, um, like she wasn't abused or, you know, anything like that. I was waiting for something like that to happen in her home life, like maybe some kind of home trauma. But like, you remember that, um, that chapter where she's talking about how she swore her dad was having an affair and then she like found him just parked, like staring blank. Oh, yeah. That's like depressing. Like to know that you have a parent that's just so uninvested in your family, um, I feel like it's almost worse than him finding out he has an affair because <laughs> it's like, you know, at least if he's got something else going on, it's like he found happiness elsewhere. And it's like, I mean, obviously I've never been in that situation as, a, as, you know, as a child or whatever, but it's like, you know, why is my dad so miserable? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I think she even like mentioned that in the book too. Like I was hoping to find out that there was like maybe another family and I, you know, to find out that he's just parked in the parking lot, just sitting there. And so, yeah, that is pretty depressing to know that your dad just has 
like is not just like vested at all into your life whatsoever. So sad, so sad. And so other than that, um, yeah, so she ends up at this school. She ends up, you know, I think toggling kind of back and forth between like Arthur and his little crew of friends who were like not very popular and then trying to fit in with this popular group. And she's kind of just like hanging out with both. And then like things just go bad after a couple of drunken parties. And um, then there's the Mr. Larson of it all. (laughs) (laughs) So Sarah and I are these hopeless romantics that are always like, you know, we're like teenagers, right? Like we're like still trying to find our- Are we still like Ezra? Like, like what is it? Oh my God. Okay. (laughs) We'll get there. But like when we read books, we're like, he's so dreamy. Like we're picturing like our favorite character, male character. And we're always running with it and just like, you know, using, I have a very wild imagination. So yes, Sarah, you hit the nail on the head. We were over here picturing Ezra Fitzgerald from Pretty Little Liars as Mr. Larson. Tell me why they gave us like an actual actual greasy ass gross (laughs) older dude. No offense. He'll never hear this. So it just the 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 character choice was so far off. First of all, if you're not going to stick to description, character description, fine. Like if you want to switch Arthur up and make him more fitting of like what, uh, it sucks that we have like a visual in our head of what a mass shooter looks like, but it, it does like for anyone that no one can deny it. Like when you saw the character that they chose as the mass shooter, like, yes, like he definitely could play the part. So I get that. But like, if you're going to say he was like this young, fresh out of college hot 22 year old and she emphasizes that several times in the book like now now looking back I can't believe how young Mr. Larson was you know like he was so young he was so handsome he was this he was that he had this hot ass girlfriend like she just raves about this delicious man that then ends up being literally someone's dad like oh god <laughs> guys we're going to do a side-by-side of Ezra, like what we thought, like Instagram versus reality. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Not to say, not to say that he wasn't a hand, like not, not, how do I say, no, I can't even lie. Not not to say that he wasn't like a good actor. Like he was a fine actor. Like it was fine. It wasn't, you know, I mean, let me just throw this out there though. Like now that we're kind of jumping more into the movie, like low budget, like it just scream low budget. This is Mila fucking Kunis, like Mary to Ashton Kutcher, that 70s show. She's been on tons of movies, including movies with like Justin Timberlake and like high budget films. What the fuck? Like, I just feel like she could have, I don't know, like gathered the sources to resources to make this like a, a better film. And it's not a... It's not a bad look on Netflix because like Netflix delivers, like they have really good movies, series, all that stuff. So like, I don't know where things got, like things went wrong. Um, I know that the actual author, Jessica Knoll, was a producer on the film, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think I heard that or read that somewhere. So that's kind of awkward because I was like, oh, she must be like so disappointed with like the under delivering. No, the bitch took a part in it, like not impressed. And so, yeah, I was just not, not impressed. I don't know. Like I just, the, the Larson, 
if they had at least done that, given us that one thing, like a hot Mr. Larson. Yeah. And I, I was waiting for that relationship to develop, like in the movie, obviously I'm, I'm speaking and now with the movie, but like in the book, they had this whole ass like encounter at the actual school when they went back to, you know, to go film for this documentary. And I was waiting for that to happen. So they did leave off, leave out like a lot of scenes from the book. And I thought that was kind of important just so it kind of like unraveled their relationship and it kind of put things into perspective, like how he always cared about her. And um, I was kind of disappointed in that, like, especially uh, not to mention obviously his character choice, but most importantly, like their relationship, because I was, I was waiting for it to happen. Yes, you're so right. Um, they did leave off like huge chunks of the book, like um, that I was waiting on that one particular scene, like you just mentioned, when they go back, like for the filming, when they meet up at the school and they kiss, they don't kiss in the movie. Did they have sex? No, I don't think they ever had sex that I can no. recall, but they did make, they did kiss. Remember? Yeah. She, I she was supposed it. to meet up with him for pizza and stuff like that. And like now I'm wondering I'm like did I even finish watching this movie which I did yeah I know I was almost considering like should I watch this again like did I am I just not no it's yeah. not us we're not the problem here like they literally left out so freaking much so when I watched the movie I was over at my sister's house watching it and then um it got late so I was like I'll finish watching it at home and I did I got home and I finished watching it and I feel like I still didn't yeah because the ending was when she runs into that woman that like I guess for the okay I always I never know how to approach these episodes like are we talking to our audience like 60 minutes spill right are we talking to our listeners like if they assuming they've all watched it like or you know like I, I'm assuming that everyone here has listened to, you know either listen or read the book and watch the movie so I'm sorry if you guys are like we're all over the place but going back in the in the book she is like still has this like passionate like feeling or relationship or attachment to Larson because after the rape scene she's at a party she gets really fucked up does someone roofie her or does she just get really drunk no she did get roofied she gets roofied she gets drunk she gets all screwed up and like she's alone in the book at this party she's not with any girl she's the only she's the only girl that was invited and in the movie, everyone's there. It's like a full-blown party. And there's a bunch of people there. And the girls try asking her if they can take her home. And she says, no, she stays by choice. And then she proceeds to get really messed up and gets raped. She really got gangbanged is what happened because all the guys rape her. They kind of like pass her around. And so, um, yeah, that was another thing to differentiate that in the in the movie, her friends were there with her at the party. And um, so it's kind of like a little difficult because like when when the boys in the book invite her to go alone, it's very clear that they have intention to like it's premeditated. While in the book, it, I mean, while in the movie, she like chose to stay behind while her friends like were like, it's time to go. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I feel like it would have been better if they had stuck with a script, like the original story, because it's kind of like, it takes away a little tiny bit of blame from like other people. Do you get what I mean? Cause she's like not going home when she should have staying behind. Like not that anyone should ever deserve to, you know, what happened to her, but I feel like 
she wasn't making the best choices. You know what I mean? Yeah, like she really wanted like to fit in. And that was yeah. just her, I guess, her way of thinking that it was going to be different yeah. in school if she stayed at the party. Right. So when she, yes, I agree. So when she leaves the party, she's like, finally escapes. There was also a second incident in the book where, um, Dean like slaps her and tries to rape her for the second time. And she gets away from that too. And that is when Larson finds her. Um, she ends up at a gas station trying to find her way back and they kind of condensed both of those incidences into one in the movie. That's true. I, I forgot about that scene, to be honest with you. And it wasn't until like I was like freshening up, refreshing my memory before um, this that I remembered that that whole scene happened. And that, that is true that they did condense those two um, instances like in one in the movie. Yeah. So then she ends up at the gas station. She runs into her teacher, Mr. Larson, who she's already formed like a little bond with in school. Um, he's both her teacher and her coach and he's kind of just kept an eye on her like since the beginning since she was a new student and she had there was like a little tension there again he was supposed to be a young teacher not that I'm ever glorifying teacher-student relationships whatsoever but I do think that it's a little more understandable when the student is like 17 18 years old and you have this young fresh out of college still completely underdeveloped teacher you know what I mean like guy that's like I don't know again Ezra who was not in the freaking movie that makes it even creepier he's like this old ass dude that was just taking her home it was so uncomfortable and the girl that they chose to play her I felt like she had such a baby face was it it wasn't the same girl right from that cool summer movie Oh, it is her. You're right. Yeah. I was like, where did I see her from? But yeah, she came on that cool summer movie on Hulu. Yeah. I've never, yeah, yeah. I've only seen the previews, um, but it is her. I was trying to, you know what? Thank you for that. Cause I was trying to figure out where have I seen this little baby face before? So I feel like they try to describe her as like the more mature, like she had these like massive tits and like, just always <laughs> looking really, they, they tried to paint that picture of her and I just couldn't see it in the character that they selected. So yeah, um, it, it's crazy. Cause my true opinion is that like the main character selections that were fitting was Luke and Arthur, even though they strayed away from what the original was, like I accepted that character choice and that's it. Um, Mila Kunis. I think the mom had a good character. I mean, I was like, oh, that's a good role. She, she did, but she also described her mom as like really pretty. And she, she kind of portrayed like an alcoholic in the movie too, right? Like she, I literally, yeah, I, I, I imagined the nanny as her mom, like Fran. <laughs> Do you know? What oh my god, <laughs> that's who I imagine. Like this Jersey accent, like just beautiful, but like very gauche. The way she like described her, like you know, always wanting to be a part of you know wealth, <laughs> but never having that wealth. And so I just kind of imagined her like that, you know. And then I mean, she was a good actress. Um. Also, I know not to nitpick, but like, you know, that conversation when they're outside, like at Luke's in freaking Nantucket and the whole, you know, Luke's side of the family's out there that uh, like on of his was supposed to be a cousin and she was supposed to be young and she was like this old Karen. Oh, that's right. I didn't even think about that piece. Honestly, I didn't even know that was her. That's how bad the movie was. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm telling you, like I dissected, I was so disappointed and it's, it's going to be a no for me. Like I, 
I don't know. I wasn't a fan. Didn't like the book. Um, but moving forward, I, Sarah and I are really excited. She let me know this morning that it starts with us dropped the new book by Colleen Hoover, which is the, I'm assuming it's the prequel, right? To it ends with us. Am I right? No, I want to, well, shouldn't it like, in my opinion, obviously this is going to be like, um, and for the next book talk, but it could just be like, it starts with us like for an Atlas's life. Okay. Let me read on it. I I ordered the book this morning. I didn't even like read about it. Oh my gosh. Right. Like it's, is it going to like be, Oh my gosh, Sarah, Lily and Ryle have just settled into civil co-parenting rhythm with their daughter, Emerson. Oh man. Ah, Okay. Okay. I'm so excited, but, 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 but you're going to be so upset with me. I had promised the, the 60 Minutes Go listeners that we would choose a, a spooky, like thriller type book for the month of October. Oh, so yeah. I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to do It Starts With Us for November, especially because it's like cozy vibes, November, you know, like a cute month. So October, I'm thinking of choosing this book called A Flicker in a Dark, A Flicker in the Dark. I'm going to send it to you. You tell me what you think. Um, I'll kind of like ask, you know, the listeners what they think. It's not a very long book. It's definitely one that we can wrap up like quickly. And so, um, I do want to do something, you know, a little more thrilling. This was not a book recommended by anyone. It's not, it was one that, um, I came across when I was looking at like thrillers. And so this would be the first actual book that like, I'm choosing, <laughs> like I chose, you know, so, um, Let's do it. yeah, mean, if down. you get if you get on Audible, it'll give you like a four minute little like sneak peek, like a little listen. And I listened to it and I was like, I want to hear more. So I hope that's like a, a an accurate, you know, just, you know, uh, representation of what the book ends up being. And then we'll save it starts with us for November. But I know you, you bookworm, you're probably going to get through both of them this month because that's just too <laughs> No, yeah, because I, I have my boozy mom's book club that we're also starting, but we're not even like reviewing it till December. So that, that helps that I can just, I can read uh, it starts with us for November. Okay. Yeah. So you are a two timer. You went and joined another book club. I'm okay with it because. <laughs> I support, I support your reading habits, but shout out to boozy mom's book club. That's such a cute name. I saw y'all had your little meetup and it looked really fun. Kind of jealous that I'm like six hours away and I can't be a part of it, but whatever. I'm happy for you. Um, in the meantime, I hope you don't let me down over here and like, just forget about me. Our 60 minutes. I mean, like, how could I forget about you? I talk to you like every <laughs> minute of the freaking day. Yeah. So speaking of talking every minute of the day, I feel like life has been a little busier than usual lately. Oh my God. And I kind of just wanted a little, you know, life update, um, for our 60 minutes spill listeners. I feel like during the month of October, I had so much I wanted to deliver on like our spooky spill sessions and then like regular episodes, people that I've asked to like come on and are like, okay, now's the time. Like I finally have free time on my schedule and I'm like, oh my God, like I'm just like all over the place. And there have been several times where like I tell my husband, like, do you think it's time for me to just take a step back from 60 minutes spill? It's been wonderful. It's been great, you know, but I was here for a good time, not a long time. And he's like, no, like you love it. It's your hobby. You, you know, you need to keep, keep it going. And so I'm just amazing momentum right now. Like you can't stop now. 
Yeah. It feels really good when I'm late on an episode like today. Um, and I have people messaging me saying like, where's the episode? Are you going to drop an episode today? Like, is it coming this week? And it's like, you care? Like, (laughs) that's awesome. Of course. I mean, sure. You wouldn't just be doing this for like one listen, you know what I mean? I mean, I, would I though? I kind of (laughs) would. I'm kidding. Um, but anyway, so yeah, um, heading into the end of the year, how are you feeling? I'm so this is like this point, literally the day we're like mid month of October, right? My life is already planned out to the end of the year. Like it's already fucking chaotic. Like I am always like, I'm over mode, like overload stress mode till literally December 31st. Um, I probably already have like half of my November filled just with like events. And I don't know what the hell I was thinking when I joined the PTO board, the board. Oh my God. I haven't told you this yet, but I did. Um, we had like one of our biggest like events for junior league of McAllen in November. That's like in like four weeks. I have my daughter's birthday. I have a huge Halloween party coming up, which is going to be so fun. (laughs) Wait, do you have costumes picked out? I do. I'm so excited. So, uh, my little baby and I are going to be Corella DeVille and she has no choice, but to be a Dalmatian. That is so cute. <laughs> so come and be another Dalmatian. Like oh, she, she would do it. Like she's a Dalmatian every day. What are you talking about? <laughs> and, um, Penelope is going to be 11. Like her heart is, and like, she doesn't want to be like the cute 11, like, you know, like that little retro. No, she wants the drip of blood coming. No, down she wants head. like the, like the hospital, like, uh, the, the one no. that restraints. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like this. You're kidding. Please do not let her shave her head. (laughs) Dude, she's like whole ass thinking like bald cap blood. Committed, committed. Because she has it in her head that she like wants to stick out her hand and like make shit happen. I am dead. I cannot wait to see this. Uh, Maddie and her little whatever boyfriend are going to be Lilo and Stitch. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. And then Carrie, fucking Carrie is going to be like a civilian abducted by aliens like he's creating this whole ass costume with like a spaceship <laughs> hovering over his head with like lights hanging down over him like tell me that this is not accurate for my family my freaking worst nightmare come true Carrie getting abducted <laughs> he and he's like looking forward to the day I mean no oh, do you remember our backstory for this I won't get into detail but let's just say one time I thought Carrie was kidnapped <laughs> oh god anyway well that sounds great um over here on in our neck of the woods um we have a king kong we've got a prince anna oh my god i am so excited she's like hazel does not know she does this thing guys and tell me hazel's king kong no my son is king oh okay (laughs) hey no i'm king kong Guys, on one of our episodes, like 60 Minutes Ago After Dark, I'll have to tell y'all this. You know what? I have to just put my life on the line for this podcast because y'all do that. They deliver. They deliver when it comes to spilling secrets. And right now we're covering the 
the horror stories in the bedroom. So I might have to tell you all my King Kong stories. I have some horror stories too. You know this. <laughs> so please spill, spill, spill away because we have that episode coming up. Um, and again, I wanted to let y'all know, yes, we're doing like funny stuff, like, you know, haunted by our exes. <laughs> you know, ghosting people, whatever, like just cute little punny things for Halloween. But we're also going to have actual spooky, like paranormal shit, sleep paralysis talk and stuff like that coming up. So like, just stay patient with us. In the meantime, I wanted to just deliver this book review um, slash movie recap. Um, I will definitely be posting and chatting with you guys, seeing if you guys, if anyone out there actually loved it, like was anyone like luckiest girl alive stan and just thought it was the best book ever um i'm gonna post a flicker in the dark i'm gonna post like the little you know synopsis and you guys let me know what you think sarah check it out right now when we get off and other than that um yeah subscribe to us if you haven't already uh, on spotify and apple Podcasts. follow us on instagram at 60 minspill sarah while i have you i want to put you on the spot because in the midst of everything and like the end of the year chaos and stuff like you know, I feel like right now it's the calm before the storm, then the storm happens. And then afterwards it's like, you know, the disaster, like all the brush everywhere. And like, it's like, oh my gosh, the new year is here. Everything is kind of settled again. And like you and I are very much the same. We're different, but the same in a sense of like, we always stay focused on like, despite what our family has going on, what we want for ourselves and like our goals and our future and stuff like that. So I really can't wait to have episodes with you and they can wait till the new year. Cause I know you're going to be busy, but like reinventing yourself after becoming a mother, you know, prioritizing those goals, like even when you're a parent and stuff like that. So I hope that you're going to be willing to come and chat with me about stuff like that on 60 minutes Phil. Of course. I just need to reinvent myself right now. Cause I'm <laughs> I like need to find myself again. Like I just got, I've been so sucked. Like my kid's life has just taken over completely. And that's fine. Yeah, I that's fine. Find me again, because I'm a little chubby these days, guys. Hey, uh, <laughs> thicker than a snicker over here. I might just be an actual snicker bar for Halloween. Oh, <laughs> You know, it's a slippery slope. I say that a lot. Diego's like, here you go again with that dumbass phrase. But like, it really is, dude. It's like one day you completed 450 workouts like on an app and you're consistent. And the next day it's been three months and you haven't done shit. You know, like it just, it's really, really tough. Last week on our episode, I just had um, my dear friends, Anthony and Ashley on. We talked about coaching. We talked about goals and like what they've got going on over at Strong Society check out their new podcast, by the way, episode one dropped yesterday. Um, it was a really good one. So yeah, I think that together we can collectively, you know, start to move in the direction of like positive change and, you know, set our intentions for the new year, but we don't need to wait till then. Like we can start now. And I think that more than ever during the holiday season, it's important to still take time for yourself because you get so wrapped up in like the chaos of like gift giving and events and like pleasing other people and you just kind of lose yourself in that process, you know? Yep. hundred percent. I, yeah. I think this year, like I'm only buying gifts for like my kids and it's, I mean, I don't know how you feel about, okay. We're like going off on a whole other, we no, always- no, 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 no. It's fine. I wanted to do this because you know what? Another huge thing that I've mentioned on here before is budgeting. 
Oh my gosh. Don't even get me started. Like we'll have to have a whole nother conversation on this, but, um, I told Diego the same thing. And if you're listening to this and if you're a close friend of mine and you usually get a gift for me this year, like you're not getting one this year. Same guys. (laughs) It doesn't mean I don't love you. I'm just, um, I said the other day to Ashley, like, I'm so broke right now. And she goes, don't say that. (laughs) She was like, all like, she's like, why would you, you're not broke. I was like, my definition of broke is like, maybe different than other people's. Like, I just don't have, I'm reaching a level in my life where I'm starting to feel pressure to get smarter with my money. You know what I mean? Like I I have to just kind of create this budget and like, I'm more aware than ever, like when it comes to what I'm spending. And so this year I just finished decluttering my entire house. I'm not even done. Sarah, you know how long I've been working on this and Um, I don't want anything coming into the house anymore. So I told Diego, I said, we're going to get each of the kids like one thing, and then we're going to take them somewhere. I'd rather give them an experience this year than right. No, definitely agree. I think for what, like for all the, like the crap just to pile up, like, I'm pretty sure my kids had some stuff that they got for Christmas, like still around March that was still in a box. Yeah. Yeah. I believe just for the it. sake of them opening up a gift, which is stupid. Yep. I completely agree. So yeah, no one feel pressure to send us anything and we won't feel, and I think that's another thing. It like gets so like, it just becomes like this big, like snowball thing where it's like, well, they gave me this. So I have to give them that. And then it's just like this never ending back and forth thing. And it's kind of just like, Oh, you know, I don't want anyone wasting money on my kids as I feel blessed to say this, they don't need shit. (laughs) Like they don't need anything. They have everything that they need. And so, yeah, I think that for those of you listening who are kind of like on the same boat as us, where it's like as, as much as fun as it is going out and doing that Christmas shopping and the little thrill that you get. And I'm a big giver, like that's my love language. Like I'd really much rather give than receive. That's who I am. Um, you're Sarah, that's you like on crack. <laughs> You're like a way better gift giver. Like you do the most and it's just not necessary. Like those people who love you and appreciate you will, will also love and appreciate you like without gifts. So yeah, maybe like talk, we'll, we'll have like a whole holiday talk, shopping episode, stuff like that. And Sarah and I might be full of shit and we might be out of black Friday. <laughs> I, you cannot help like a good toy still. Like, just get, just for all you listeners that know, like, I think Iris loves toys more than her kids. Like, it's nice. Oh my God. Why would you expose me like this? I'm like, she's like talking about the clutter, like the clutter that she probably created because of her like obsession with toys. I read something like I am actually Santa Claus. Like I re- no, you're, you're Santa Claus in giving I'm Santa Claus with my own toy factory. Like literally I'm a fucking elf is what I am. Okay. And I was, I was reading something and I felt so attacked and it said, you parents complain so much about the mess your kids make with the toys that you keep buying them. Oh my God. That and is I was, I blocked that person who posted that. I felt so attacked. <laughs> It was me. It was I. I created that one. Yeah. Tell us guys, do you fill up your kids toy room or like bedrooms with toys? Or are you like, here's like, like a paper play TikTok. Or or are you Sarah (laughs) who like has broken toys in the toy box? (laughs) Living Sid house, like ridiculous. (laughs) 
doll that I've taken out of Penny's toy trunk has like it's decapitated or <laughs> that is Penny I mean like I think she's getting better now but she still will cut hair like put makeup on it like they don't she puts makeup on it she's doing it to like improve the look and that's what, yeah. that's what she's aiming she's an artiste that she girl is. she is so anyway I love y'all I love the girls I can't wait to see you guys soon um, you know, you're talking about all these plans. You better still be ready for me to come see you in November because it's only three weeks away. We already got the pit on. <laughs> Yay. Okay. Well, I love you. Thanks for hopping on with me today. Um, thanks for tuning in, guys. Again, um, I'll have I'll be getting y'all's feedback on a lot of the things that we covered today, including our October book pick. So have a good one and thanks for tuning in again. Have a good one, Sarah. Miss you. Bye, guys. Thank you.